We got the streets blocked off to make sure we don't have any drive-bys on us. Other than that, operation went fairly well. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Scott Wood. He's an old friend of mine. He's uh, also a musician and a writer and basketball extraordinaire in his own right. He came up to the compound to sit down for a conversation. We talk about medical marijuana, blunts, tobacco, PCP, El Cajon, high school friends, Blue Mini Records, The Grateful Dead, Matt Dalton, Older Brothers, Easy e Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power, Deimos, Rock and Roll Webzines, Positivity, Music Writer, Social Media Etiquette, New York City, Workations, Tattoos, Frankenstein, Smashing Pumpkins, The Nevermind Kid, and Art Bands. So we'll get into that conversation here in a moment. Real quick, I um, am pleased to announce my first two sponsors for the Live Free podcast. First... The Pearl Hotel uh, was kind enough to be the main sponsor for this show. They very graciously donated, and their donations were were key in me being able to afford a new mic so that the show sounds uh, much nicer, which I noticed this recording has a, a few loud spots in it. I apologize. It's a learning curve to see where the levels are on this one. I had just kind of figured out the last mic. Um, and now I'm, I got this one down. It should only take me a, a one episode to figure everything out properly. But again, back to the Pearl Hotel. Um, make sure you go check them out. Uh, they are Their website is thepearlsd.com. And the Pearl Hotel is located in Point Loma over at 1410 Rosecrans Street, right across from the bay there in the military base that's over um, on that side of the bay. Uh, you can get a hold of them at 877-PEARL-SD. The, the hotel is super cool. Like it, you, you, It's almost like you escape into some other world. It's one of those places where like once you're inside the building, you feel like uh, the, the outside sort of disappears. It's a vintage mid-century modern boutique hotel. Uh, it has tons of style, and it's close to the airport and downtown gas lamp scene. So if if you're coming into San Diego from out of town and and want a cool place to stay that's that's close to all the sort of touristy spots it's um it's the perfect spot for you uh it it also offers its own social scenes and uh weekend events and specials too so if you're in town and just want to hang out around the pool on a, a rad San Diego summer's day uh you could you could totally do that and they uh they have an amazing bar and restaurant with with the best burgers probably in a 50 mile radius they uh they do this thing on wednesdays called the dive-in theater where they have a big movie screen set up outside and and project films for the guests of of the the hotel um and for people of san diego you know if you want to go down and check out a movie they they play all sorts of cult favorites coming up here soon they're, they're playing social network and can't buy me love so and they always have sort of films like that where it's you know, a lot of like 80s favorites where it'd be real fun to go sit around with a group of people and drink beers and and eat some good food and then watch a film, you know, around the fire or some shit like that. So definitely go check them out. And when you do, um, let them know that you heard about them from the Live Free podcast. So make sure you check them out uh, on 
rainy days, I know they're few and far between in San Diego, but if you happen to be in the neighborhood on a rainy day, you get a 20% off discount. Um, it seems unlikely, but you know, we've had a rainy winter so far and it's pretty cloudy out right now. So make sure you get down there and, uh, and get that rainy day discount. Also, I have a, I'll have a coupon on the blog. Make sure you go check out the blog, mikemaxwellart.com. Click on the link there. The blog link is, is on the site. Um, and there's a free dinner coupon. If you, you buy one entree, you get a, a dinner free. And all that will also be on the blog. So again, a humongous thank you to the Pearl Hotel. We also have another sponsor, which is equally as amazing. DSD Clothing, which is the clothing line of Adam Honky Kong Hathorn. He was uh, actually my guest on the fifth episode of the Live Free Podcast. His new clothing line is getting, well, it's out now and they're getting ready to drop the, the new season here momentarily. So they have been donating some shirts for me to give away to guests, but I also want to try to get some giveaways for the listeners. So, um, Send me an email, info at mikemaxwellart.com if, uh, if you're interested and maybe we'll do a drawing so that we can give away a shirt or maybe uh, something from Adam and the, the DSD crew. Um, make sure you go check those guys out at the dsdshop.com and also at honkykong.com to get all the, the artist info on that. I want to tell a quick story before we get into the show about the Pearl Hotel being that they're one of my sponsors. Um, obviously, if somebody's sponsoring my show, it's also a, a business or an entity that um, I feel comfortable supporting. So uh, I thought I'd tell a quick little anecdote about when I went to the Pearl Hotel for the first time. Cezio and Holiday Matinee put on this ping pong tournament over at the Pearl Hotel. And... Actually, uh, Zach from Cezio is going to be my next guest on the podcast coming up. They uh, they did a little collaborative event at the at the hotel where uh, they set up this big ping pong tournament, and it was you know like perfect summer hot day. Everyone was uh, barely clothed and hanging around the pool and drinking. Uh, I showed up thinking that you know I was going to kick everybody's ass because I. I'm fairly decent at ping pong, you know, I'd go into a bar and beat most people, but, you know, mostly just drunk knuckleheads, not realizing people were really into the ping pong tournament scene. So when I show up, I, of course, roach a big joint outside before I go in. Um, and I walk in, and the place is, is really weird. As soon as you walk in, it's uh, it feels like you, you, you're in some 70s Palm Springs sort of swinger pad. Like, I, there's... There's shag carpet and these these leather couches and a place where you could sit down and read or play chess or do something. I don't know. I guess use your imagination. And I go in and all of a sudden I, I start to notice that there's quite a few really good ping pong players practicing on the, the two like tournament regulation style tables that are set up around the pool. Um, I notice instantly how close all the tables are to the pool and know somebody is for sure going in which I think the dude who got second or maybe even first place took a dive going after a shot. Like he was so, like he was so into making the shot work that he was willing to dive into the pool to go after the ball. So 
you know, I start drinking because I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to, my nerves start getting wild. Not thinking that I hadn't eaten yet, of course. So I, I pound two pints to the head of of some great local brew that they had on tap that was, of course, on special. And then I think it was a, a Sunday afternoon, so mimosas were flowing pretty rapidly. So I think a couple mimosas got put down the hatch, and I all of a sudden get called for my first match. Now, I'm kind of tipsy all of a sudden, thinking, and plus I broached a whole joint to the head before I got in there too. So I was a fairly loosened up, well lubricated, and I start playing this guy, and we're probably about equal in in terms of our quality of play. We're back and forth for the, the beginning of the match, and I notice that he can't return one shot to a particular spot on the table. So I just put it to him and like hit it to the same spot each time like a lame because yeah, I knew he couldn't return it. So I ended up beating him for the first match and it was so funny like people were out there like cheering. Somebody was calling out my name and I was so like into the the competition aspect of it that it was like, you know, like you just sort of phase all that out and it's sort of gray noise behind you, which is something that's really interesting for people who compete. That sort of rush that you get um, before that and you know there isn't too many things that I'm competing at necessarily I used to play poker tournaments which you, I used to love that rush that you would get right before that but in competition there's something that there's it's even like so for instance playing ping pong just with your buddy in a garage somewhere there isn't that like heart pumping uh, blood rushing effect that happens when you're in the heat of a, of a competition with another individual who's equally trying to defeat you just as much as you're trying to defeat them. And something strange happens in that effect. But, um, so I ended up, uh, winning my first match and then I had to play two of like the championship, uh, you know, like Olympic team ping pong players that were just hitting the ball at about 150 miles an hour. And I, I had no chance. I think I may have scored one or two points on accident by them missing the table or something. You know, I basically had no chance. In between the the win and the losses, I managed to get my hands on a burger because I was starving, not realizing that I had drank way too much without having any food in my stomach. So I basically devoured one of their um, the the amazing Pearl Hotel burgers to the head like a like a wild barbarian. But it totally fit the scene. It was a super fun environment, bunch of beautiful people out hanging in a really cool great atmosphere with uh no egos and no sort of attitudes everyone getting along and and just enjoying the san diego sun so again people go check out the pearl hotel the pearlsd.com and make sure you tell them that the live free podcast sent you now that I got that all out of the way, make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com, and click on the on the blog link there to get all these links and information to my sponsors and to the stuff with the guests. Also, i got to send out two humongous thank yous to uh, two specific listeners who donated a very significant amount of money to the show, uh, Mr. John Zimmerman, who was also a guest, and also Mr. David Fisher. He donated last week which also was extremely helpful in me being able to afford the new mic which you are listening to now so again john and david thank you very much you'll be getting uh some live free podcast swag in the mail soon 
Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Scott Wood. I want to tell you about Texas Radio and the Big Beat. Well, let's smoke some of these bombs and then uh, we can get started and get all official. Yeah. Did you roll one already? Yeah. Oh, boy. I got it. That one rolled, too. Yeah, shit's not. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, there's a jar behind you that we can use for an ashtray. Cool. That's serious. Are you uh, are you on did the medical? Get, did you no. get him water yet? No, I didn't. That fucking operation is room. this shit. Here, we're gonna have to. Oh, Pete used that. We're working on it. No, um, I'm lazy. You know, it's just hard for me to like. I hate going to the doctor as is, so it's hard for me to like. I want to set out. I'm gonna go. Well, you know, it's not even like going to a real doctor. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) And that's the other thing, too. I'd be like, oh, come up with some outlandish story and shit. Well, dude, I'll tell you, I went to a place and the guy in there. Have I talked about this on the podcast yet? Um, About my getting my medical marijuana? I don't think I have. I might as well fucking throw it out there while we get ready to smoke the blunt of life. (laughs) Oh, actually, I want. The chair that doesn't squeak. Is there another chair? You want this one? This is quite the operation. <laughs> yeah, we'll it. Yeah. You guys got like a little live show going on. <laughs> well, I, I wish I could get you the chair. Oh. The little video camera. I want to get the, uh, I wish my Ustream would work, but it, the camera doesn't pick up on this fucking thing. Hmm. I have a camera. It works like for fucking Skype and shit, but it doesn't work for Ustream. We all scream for Ustream, too. I'll probably be getting up more than you will. Easy, come here. I have you. Come. Well, the sponsor breaks, you know, we can get up and stretch. <laughs> so, uh, for the uh, the medical marijuana license or whatever, what is it called? A recommendation. recommendation. There we go. I basically went to this place, it was an office building. Uh, in Mission Valley. I went upstairs, signed in. There was like a cat, like a young uh, you know, Arab like, dude that yeah. was probably about my age. But the youth for weed. You know, working the receptionist desk. <laughs> it wasn't some ladies. Like, mm-hmm. no. Up next. Fill out a form. And I, uh, you know, I said my ailment was migraines, which is true. I had a migraine yesterday. Yeah. It fucked me up. And that's uh, now something that's going on with your family, right? Uh-huh. Well, it, it's, there's some hereditary things, yeah, I guess. Apparently. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I think it's our jaw structure. Really? Part of it, but fuck, I don't know. Who knows what it is? I think that... I have a lot of fucking ideas, but... <laughs> He's got theories. So... You wouldn't have any theories? I go into... I go on the place, fill out the form... You know, just like a regular doctor's form, your name, all like check off if you have any fucking ailments or, or allergies or whatever. And they call me back after I fill out the paperwork. And I, when I go in there, I notice the doctor. He's probably he's probably in his young forties. Another Arab dude, um, kind of like buff looking, kind of like tough guy, oh, sort of. He's routine. kind of muscly into the idea. And I looked, and when I walk into the room, I noticed that he has some tattoos on his arms. And it all, from a distance, it looked like Band-Aids. You know? <laughs> and I was like, doctor, Band-Aid tattoo? Makes sense, right? <laughs> so I'm like, what you got over there? You got some Band-Aids tattooed on your arm? And all of a sudden, his face just, like, changes. 
like drops. And I'm like, ooh, like I kind of knew I stepped in it somehow. I wasn't sure why, but I kind of <laughs> realized something was wrong. And I look a little bit closer, and I could see that they're um, bullet casings and ooh. like empty bullet shells and shit. And he was like, no, these are bullets from my fallen brothers from the war, or, you know, like something to that effect. Okay. And I was like, oh, shit. So, like, I just, here's the doctor that I'm trying to convince to allow me to smoke marijuana legally. I would have followed up. Well, you know, my eyes are bad, too, don't I? Well, it turned out he had just picked, just picked up a phone call or something and was talking about art, that they were getting ready to do an art show or something in the doctor's office, okay. in, like, this separate little section. I think they may have some yoga thing going on. Wow, like, like, a whole wellness center thing actually going <laughs> But, so, I, I was like, oh, oh, art, I do this thing, blah, 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 and, like, like change the subject as quick as I could, and all he did, dude, I, he was like, "All right, let me take your blood pressure, checks my blood pressure, all right, seventy five bucks." And I talked him down, or he, I think he said eighty five, <laughs> and I talked him down to I talked him down ten bucks to seventy five. Yeah, I was like, "Listen, dude, I'm an artist, I'm poor, you know, I need it, I need it the full year. Yeah, let's let's make this happen." That's why I'm here. And here's the thing, dude, it's really. It's cop insurance or it's weed insurance. Yeah, it's just it's not even medical because here's what happens: if you get caught with an ounce or less, you get a hundred dollar fine, right? And it's a misdemeanor. It's not even a misdemeanor. It's a traffic infraction or something. So you can have an ounce, but you still gotta you're gonna have to pay that hundred dollar fine just for getting caught. Now, if you have your little wreck, you pay seventy five bucks a year. To ensure that you don't pay the hundred dollars ever all year, oh yeah, and you get like that frame of mind where you don't have to be afraid of cops when you got like an eight. And don't you get to grow one in your in your house? You too? can you can grow in a five like five by five, or you can grow actually because nineteen didn't pass. You can I think you can grow a shitload. I think you can grow like fourteen plants or something. It's supposed to be like what they say it's supposed to be what's what's needed, but it's really vague and the like general. T- is like 10 to 13 or something. Which is a ton, dude. Of course, man. One plant would be enough. But, uh, you know, you want to make sure it lives. If it should happen to die or get munched on, then... Right, you got to have some backups. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so he literally took my blood pressure and was like, all right, you're good. And there's a dispensary right downstairs. Yeah, I'm wondering what would have... Are you like, no, your blood pressure is... Well, you know what happens sometimes is people go in there and go, oh, um, my leg hurts. Or, like, I have chronic knee pain or something yeah. silly. Yeah. And they're when like, people ask for those things, they're like, all right, well, you're going to have to show me your previous doctor's, like, mm-hmm. issues with that. Yeah. But if you say, I have migraines, they're like, okay, check, you're good. Or if you have, like, anxiety issues or those sorts of things. Right. Which I, I could have said that, too. Like, if I don't. Something so really, really, I get anxious and I want to attack things. You know? I'm afraid to go outside in the world. Yeah, because they can't really you know, see that on an MRI. or. <laughs> right, right. Your x-rays are showing you're anxious. Right here and here. So it's really easy. And not only that, you can have like six ounces on you. So that's it's probably not six ounces deep. It's probably not a good idea to do that. But yeah, based on... You might need some other people that... Don't have insurance cards. Based on all that stuff, it gives you it's a it's a freedom of mind, and then it's the thing of you can go and 
go to stores to See, get weed. That's to me was the bonus there because there's those times where oh my buddy's not home or he doesn't work. You get off of work till later. Well, think, and that think way you are, have like whatever you want, edibles. And, think how many times you've gone to your buddy's house to get weed, and it's like it makes you feel like you're a pain in the ass, and it's like <laughs> yeah, you kind of like you need something. Yeah, like you're doing, you're being like a burden. Except you go into these stores and you're like, fuck yeah, come check this out. And they're stoked. They want to give you free stuff and that whole routine. And then you get to be picky too. Yeah. You get to find what works, what you like best, what works best for you, and then build from there. So I think we're already kind of into the show. So Is thanks it? for coming up and doing the show. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. fun. Good night. Yeah, exactly. I felt it was good. This is a big blunt, my friend. Well, I knew I was dealing with it, so... To be honest with you, <laughs> the whole thing, the, the funny part of that is, I thought for sure you'd be like, no, I don't smoke tobacco products, and shun the whole thing. I almost like, gave you that. I'm right. like, should I roll it? And like, should I get some zigzags and roll it? But I'm like, no, this, man, because you're always surprising me with your, your vast hip-hop knowledge, and... Especially the East Coast, too. So I'm like, this guy, blonde, come on. <laughs> well, no you know, I, I really ha I don't have any beef with the blunt, yeah. per se. I'm, I am a joint guy. I yeah. do. I roll the joints just because I am a reformed cigarette smoker. Yeah. So, God, I didn't want to get, be the one responsible for getting back. But there, it's, it's a little different having, like, a leaf, which is what... I don't know how they make the blunt papers now, but, yeah. you know, if you were thinking, like, a cigar leaf yeah. isn't as bad. Like, I brought over some Cubans, and we just split those up. Yeah, right. Some chronic, because yeah, that's how we roll. But when yep. I, right, probably, probably within a year after I quit, I went and was, get, I met up with some buddies of mine, and they had just rolled a blunt that they were getting ready to smoke. It might have even been a joint. It might have mm -hmm. been a joint paper. And... We're passing it around, and I, I have a few hits of it, and all of a sudden I notice something was a little different. I was like, fuck, I feel like I'm starting to get high, but my head feels a little what fucking lightheaded and a little weird. What's going on? I was like, yeah. I know this. I'm good with that? Yeah, yeah you, you want some. Toss it in there. Okay. You're good. Yeah. So I'm like, this, is, this feels familiar. <clears throat> I know this this feeling for some reason, but it's it's kind of... Is there angel dust in this? I can't grasp what it is. And then all of a sudden, I like clicks. It's tobacco. They they had rolled it like an Amsterdam style yeah, with some tobacco in there. Yeah. And I was like, "You cocksuckers, fuckers!" Because I had literally just quit, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna relapse and fucking." Yeah, but I mean, what if it was PCP? You know, I guess you gotta look at that. Well, that would have been new. I wouldn't have already had an addiction that I quit. Yeah, PCP. that's true. It would have been, been okay for that moment. Always looking on the but, right side. <laughs> Always looking on the right side. I got hooked, and then it, it went further. Yeah, well, I, I know that you're, you know, kind of what a health nut, and so to speak, with I your organic you, foods I, and things of this nature. So um, I, I, I have phases. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> so where are we going to go with that? Being a health nut. Well, I figured that you would be anti-tobacco oh, and well, you know, pass on the blood. So I, smoke. I was like, I have some nugs in the car. We could do that, too. You know, whatever you need. Well, I have been making okay. an effort to keep the glass clean. It's tough. Because it's one of those things. You do it for like a week or two, and then you become I've been a little more lax on got, it and let it go. I got but the piece a while ago, and I've been keeping it from getting resonated. I was using the ash catcher to keep the pressure down, but uh, you just don't get quite as good a hit. 
trash catcher. It should do with the with the bomb. Yeah. But um, okay, let's get started on this thing. Let's let's talk okay. about you instead of my weed. Um, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's. I was trying to think of of when we met. Um. We went to high school in El Cajon. Did you grow? Did you were you born and raised? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Born and raised San Diego. Definitely, it's it, East County all the way, Alcohol. I was fortunate in the sense that I never moved, you know, since the time I was born to when I moved out. That's, my mom still lives there to this day. So it's like, that's all I've ever known as far yeah. as Alcohol is in that whole, it's so, it's funny when you do meet people who've done like the triangle of the elementary, the middle school, and the high school. But um, you're definitely one of the people that, um, you know, when I do meet up with, again, that it's yeah. definitely welcomed, you know, because it, it's such a taboo thing. It's like, do we go to high school together? And there's that ever, like, that moment of fear, like, wait, do I really want to talk to this person? <laughs> or even just it's trying like, to recognize somebody if you don't Oh, my God, it's like Facebook, but in reality. Yeah. You know, because at least in Facebook, if they send you a request, you're like, mm, what? That was weird before... I guess MySpace was on, but before Facebook started, I remember like seeing some people in bars and stuff. Like I don't really go out. Anymore. There's certain bars you know for sure you're gonna run into. Somebody. Yeah, in like groceries, the grocery store mm-hmm. and the Starbucks, where like I've seen people that recognize me. And Give me that I'm, look, dude. I'm even really good at, at like I don't really forget people that often, and mm-hmm. I'm not one of those types that like I'll remember somebody and pretend like I forget them. Yeah, you know, which a lot of people do. Of course, but like I think it was Christy March. I think that's her name. You remember her? She, yeah. We went to school with her, mm-hmm. and I caught her at, at the bar down here one one night. And I which bar had, is this? Uh, down here, it was <laughs> Plum Crazy. Okay, yeah, I know. And whatever, whatever it's called. See, now. You gotta remember the people. You gotta remember the bar too. Yeah, and I do. I do. <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete Mouse. We come grab this dog, love. Cinch him up. Dog, you love your dog. Well, he always tries to get on the show. It's okay. He's Pete. a ham. He's, he just doesn't you know, bark. Well, that's his way of communicating. <laughs> he wanted him to do. You know, if he just pulled up a chair, it was like, well, you know how I feel on the situation, then that would have been awkward. I, I'm waiting for that to happen. It's a little old guy lives in that, in that little dog. It's some way to just sit on his ass and like, just take out a pipe and be like, all right, listen here. This sounds good. Go. <laughs> so, yeah, I ran into her, and I, I had no idea who it was until, like, a couple days later. I was like, oh, shit. But, um... I think, and then it's it's strange to run into people. I was gonna bring this up later, but I kind of fits the topic. Like okay. not having it's foreshadowing. To, we could touch on it. We, you don't have it. any babies, right? Nope. No babies, and, okay. and we don't have any babies here either. Well, the it, there's something strange about how it seems like people like because it's before everyone like was supposed to have babies and have to get married and have yeah. a house by 22 or something stupid. Well, that's what it the government like wants at least. Most of our generation is kind of skipping over that. Not that a lot of people aren't having babies and doing those things anyway, but it seems like a lot of those people look a lot older than we do. Well, God, the stress alone is weird. It's like that? the presidency, right? Of course. <laughs> of course, because in the sense that, like, if you look at that generation now in high school where they're like, I want to be cool and be on MTV and have a kid. That's what I want to do because yeah. in high school... You know, think that'd be your biggest fear is having a kid. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Gun ho, do it. Yeah. You know, so of course, it, it's completely two different worlds when you do meet those people who are, you know, have the family. And it's odd because almost everybody you do run across on the infamous Facebook is just like, 
Especially when it's a girl, it's like their name and hyphenated and the last name. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm like the only person that's not married and has like a family. And it seems like a completely different person. It's just sad to say, you know, it's wrong, easy for me to say, but yeah. too. But of course, it's going to be a lot of uh, responsibilities. Yeah, and it's, it's, it sucks too, because, you know, now that it's tax season, you know, last year I got my taxes done. And the lady's like, oh, you know, you make a pretty good amount of money, but you know, you're not married, and you don't have any kids, and you don't own a home, and they're really going to fuck you, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just like, you have, you're just a drag on society, you're just hoarding all your money, you're not contributing at all, yeah. you're not doing what we want you to do, you're so not going we're going to fucking tax the shit out of you. Yeah. So it's crazy, you know, all those people are like, ah, oh, I get thousands of dollars back because I have a kid, you know, especially first time parents and shit, they're yeah. so pumped on it. Right. Or it's crazy how just even being married, if if Crystal and I were married, our taxes would be one third yeah. of what we have to pay. Yeah, they're like, one good third. for you. Follow the plan. Yeah, it's fuck bullshit. So I guess um, after high school, we sort of lost touch for a while. Yeah, as, as most people do, because yeah. I'm a very much a creature of habit, and it's sad, because you think about that a lot, where you can almost think of certain times where this last time you've seen that person... You're like, wow, I wonder when I left that person that last time, I I knew in my mind that I wouldn't see them again for however long. And it's never like anything personal or anything. It's just yeah. like, it's, you know, people's lives. Yeah, yeah, you get involved in your shit. Yeah. Um, I think I think at the first time maybe we reconnected, I caught you at Blue Meanie. Yeah. Playing good. the show. Yeah. With what, are you, do you still play with that group? No. Nope. Well, no, uh, that's, yeah, that was my no answer. No. <laughs> next question. No, next question, please. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't been doing that for a few years. Um, it was the question, like, you know, what happened with that? Well, I, I was going to sort of segue into making music and okay. those sorts of things. Yeah, no, well, I'll just start with that day. Well, let's have, yeah, but... That day, because that was so much fun, because like, we were already talking East County, so, and you mentioned Blue Meanie, so... Yeah. Of course Which we have to East touch County on that. staple. It sucks today, because it's like, I've been reading on, on Facebook, you know, people are like, oh, Border's going out of business sale, I'm waiting in this gigantic line, and that was just the way it was with Blue Meanie, you know, when people found out they were going out of business and having these sales, like, fucking... No, they. Oh, I haven't been here in years. Yeah, that's crazy. They're going out of business. Like, well, look, listen to what you just said. You haven't been there in years. Yeah. So obviously you're not supporting it. So that sucked. I hated. You know, I was glad to be around. You know, to be able to work there. Uh, but when it went out of business, that kind of sucked. But the cool thing about it is that they did have these in stores, where they would get multiple bands and put on a show that day, and all the people would bring their kids, and they'd have a cookout and a motor home around the parking lot it was so much fun you know it's different especially for like that genre of music because you know that's the other thing too yeah well let's, let's talk about that real quick because <clears throat> i think uh we were talking about how like there's changes that mm -hmm. happen um i think we connected in high school sort of via the grateful dead maybe yeah, well, like yeah. that sort of like like psychedelic music scene mm -hmm. like the People, types of people that, that ran in those those circles. That I was the only reason I was actually, and this is weird to say, it's the only reason I graduated high school was because of the Grateful Dead and that type of music. Yeah? Well, yeah, just because um, Mr. Barnes, it was a history, American history or something like that, I was totally falling behind and he, he noticed, obviously, I took some sort of interest in that music and he's, he's like, look, 
you put together a, a presentation. We're going to be talking about counterculture music. Put together a presentation that you will, you will teach the whole class that whole day. And not just your period, all periods throughout the whole day. And if you pull that off, then I'll pass you. Nice. Which is just amazing. Yeah. You know, because right. I'm like kid in a candy store when it comes to that. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. Except uh, that I forgot to pull out the records, the actual vinyl from the sleeves when I was passing around the sleeves. Uh-huh. Someone had the Jefferson Airplane in their hand, and they're just like, oh, well, I'm talking about it. It goes, falls out, hits the linoleum floor, shatters. Oh, no. But, I mean, that's a swap meter. You can replace that, but that was the funny thing about that. But yeah, Grateful Dead was a huge part of uh, high school. So, did you ever get to see them? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my first concert ever was the Jerry Garcia band at the uh, Balboa, at Balboa Stadium, nice. Starlight, uh -huh. Starlight Bowl. My first real like concert, like arena concert, like where by myself was the Grateful Dead. Oh yeah. LA, yeah. Oh, that high was ninety. You went to that show too? No, I had tickets. I had tickets. It was ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. I had tickets, and then my ride bailed. He actually lives right down the road. That's Let's go to fucking his house and knock on his door. That's what happened to me in Vegas. For, well, actually, me and Matt had tickets to go. Me and Matt Dalton had tickets yeah. to go to L A. We went to L A. We had had tickets for the second night show, but I was so fried out from the night before <laughs> Is that, that I couldn't even deal with going to another show. It was right. so. Like, such a huge experience that I just couldn't follow it up again. I didn't have the brain. You were just yeah. overload. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was my first experience. And then we were supposed to go to Vegas, but Matt had uh, Matt had gotten in trouble because he went to the Tom Petty concert. He's a troublemaker. And got drunk and didn't come home or something. Shit. Maddie. And he got grounded. But it's Matt's like mom was going to drive us to Las Vegas. Oh, my God. To go okay, see Grateful Dead. It wasn't going to be like Almost Famous, and she'd roll down the window and be like, Don't do drugs! <laughs> yeah. Don't do the drugs. That would have been rich. And Yeah, it would have been fucking fantastic. But he, but he screwed it up. But Tom he screwed Petty, it up. I mean, and then, been. not only that, but he fucking bounced. He, he ran away from home. Because he was grounded that week. They weren't supposed to go to the thing. He left, jumped in somebody's van, and went out to the show anyway. I think that's just the textbook way of going to a dead show. I think if you did, if you guys oh, went yeah. the other way around, I think it wouldn't have been it, as cool. It, it probably happened exactly the way it was supposed to. Yeah, be. I mean, listen to that story. That's yeah. like an episode of Freaks and Geeks. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the way it ended. Now coming back, it's like, God damn it! I wish I could have gone to fucking Las Vegas and seen that show. You know, it was an experience in the sense that um, it was my first like dead show. And I think that was my first time to Vegas at all, but I wasn't of age, but with a dead yeah. with a dead show, you don't really need to be of any kind of age. <laughs> yeah. Once you got out there, I mean, it was so fucking far, and like, it's out in the desert, you know, that college, so, but it, it was quite the, you know, experience, you know. So, from there, like, uh, we sort of ran in that scene, and I know you, you were super into music, like, we'd always hang out at your house and shoot pool and yeah. fucking smoke weed and always be records on or whatever, but... So, coming out of that scene, I see you four years later, maybe, and yeah, maybe more. Uh, you're playing in a, a pretty heavy metal yeah. group. Would that be accurate to say? Very. Yeah. At the, its least common form. Yeah. So it would. It was a bit surprising. Yeah, and yeah. it's weird how it could be, but in the sense, the funny thing about that is, it's almost like a Tarantino thing where someone comes into seeing it at that point because metal was something I was into way earlier than the dead 
Yeah, actually, that was... Which, let me preface that, is that I, I was also aware that you had a wide range of musical yeah, no. so enjoyments. So that was always a passion of mine, because it's just like, what are they, what, 7th and 8th grade? It was weird just being the youngest of three or two older brothers. Yeah. Is that you experience a lot more than you should at certain ages, <laughs> you know? And definitely music was one of them. My oldest brother, he listened to a lot of different music. And, you know, from, like, rat, you know, heavy metal, <laughs> hair metal shit, to, like, uh, you know, when the, the Beastie Boys came out with License to Ill, like, that was, you know, him rocking that tape all the time. So uh -huh. music was always around. And so I remember hearing Easy e and Ice-T and all that shit. And that just... The suburban white kid, as you know, just blows your mind. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, listen to what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. And you're just geeked on it, and you play it all the time, and you listen to it, and you find out about Public Enemy, you know, and all that different shit. And so you're starting to hoard these tapes in your room like it's porn. <laughs> or like drugs, you know, because yeah. it was a big thing yeah. on TV at that time was the, the Two Live Crew, the infamous Two Live Crew. Yeah. And... You know, don't let your children have this. And it's, I had the Easy Does It tape in like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, you know, and so it's, we'd sneak into the room and play it. Put your headphones on and shit. Yeah, of course. And the then pops you, heard you playing that shit. It was like, well, shit, yeah, no, that's just a red flag right there. <laughs> yeah. So they should say, "Fuck the police, pull it up." <laughs> you know, but it's just one of those things where I remember people like. You would refuse to sell it to you in the store if you weren't of age, like it was a pack of cigarettes. Uh -huh. like, I don't know. This could be influential to you, and you could become influenced by that. But yeah, you know, metal, and then you know, finding Metallica and Slayer and Pantera was yeah. huge. I remember Blue Meanie, that was like the first CD we ever bought there, was uh, Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power. Yeah. So, um... That's a great album. It is. It's just sonically awesome. And But the whole thing with that is just my brother is this talented drummer. I didn't, and, you know, no one in my family is really musical or, you know, plays instruments. We weren't really... You know, influenced by it, but for whatever reason, he just kind of came out with it when he started playing drums pretty young, and he's been in bands, so that's kind of how that came into being. I would follow him around because I was a little brother, you know. Uh -huh. It's like he's going out on adventures, I'm going too. Yeah, you know, which was great for him because drums isn't like just picking up your guitar and showing up. You can yeah. have someone to haul your shit around and help you carry it, and so it worked out perfectly for so me. When did you start learning how to play music? Mm, just I've always dabbled like. I would probably be back in middle school when I started taking guitar lessons because the kid on my block who introduced me to Metallica played guitar and he wowed everybody that he could play the guitar. And yeah. It was so awesome. So, of course, it was like me and two other people in Montgomery Middle School that knew this kid all started taking guitar lessons at the same time. And they all learned real music where I was just like, I just want to learn this Megadeth song. <laughs> yeah. You know, just teach me this. You know, and he's just like, you know, he's... He's not happy because that's bullshit to him and he wants people to learn scales and, you know, blues chords and yeah. things of this nature that will actually help you. The whole mathematics yeah. of the thing. Well, you know, actually how to do it instead yeah. of just like, I'm going to play. Yeah. You know, being an idiot at that time, you know, being young. You know, that's why I was all geeked on. So I just kind of dabbled. I've always dabbled. I've yeah. never really fully done that. But by following around my brother's band and hanging out with them, it's like fucking live karaoke. You know what's his band's? Demos. And they're pretty big in the 
Yeah, I will. Are they still playing? Same big in the San Diego metal scene. I'm really say but, a lot, but yeah. But you know, I like people know, yeah. yeah they, people pretty, involved in the scene would be familiar. Yeah, well, they're very good about promotions. That's the thing, you know, being around them, I learned about promotions. Making the flyer and just going to any show of that genre and yeah. being out there. And people would notice. And people take notice and they're like, oh, I saw you at this show or I got your CD at this OzFest. And like, Within miles around, going to LA and shit, you know. So back in the in like the MySpace days, you were doing like a, like a rock and roll internet magazine thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that was awesome. And so did that sort of come out of just the love of of the music? But I, I would assume being involved in playing and stuff, you get like some insider. Um, you know, you would think. Yeah. But it was basically a sham, you know. <laughs> it it was just in a sense because I would. You know, in, when I was first introduced to blogs, you know, before I knew hundreds of people on MySpace or whatever, it was just my friends. I would write paragraphs and shit about just going out. And, like, I'd see, I saw this show tonight, and I would write this big blog about it and take pictures and post. I thought it was the coolest thing. It was yeah. just like, it was this awesome outlet tool to do it. And so a friend of mine, who uh, she said to me one day, she's like, you know, you should just create a page. You know, make it official, and yeah. when people come around to do you know to your area and that you're influenced by, then you know maybe you should hit up their management or their publicity or whatever, or the publicist, I should say. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was it was so cool because it worked out perfectly. You always got in the show for free, and you got photo passes, and you got to meet these people. And the cool thing that I wanted to do was just do the things that were positive. And influenced me, not like, oh, I went to the show the other night and they suck. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah. yeah, they could be a lot better or just totally yeah. talk shit on it. Which a lot of people do that on the internet, dude. Well, it just writing in general, you know, music magazines have always been that way where they're what infamously like, I trash, you know, Rolling Stones trash, or the Rolling Stones trash fucking Zeppelin. Yeah. And all that shit. And that people just think that because they have the power to write in, you know, about this music that they want to, uh, just fucking trash it. There's a lot of, it seems like a lot of times it comes out of animosity because you're writing about something that maybe you wanted to be more involved in. That's and always in been the way. way. You know, those, who, yeah. those who rock do and those who can't write. Yeah. About it. <laughs> something like that. So I wonder if some of that comes from that animosity. But I know, I think a lot of times it comes, that negativity um, attracts comments and attracts um, people to voice their opinions and things and you know like it's that that common saying that misery loves company yeah i was just gonna say so that. people love to see when people complain about the same things as them yeah like, for instance, oh yeah don't get there's started there's so many facebook ones but like <laughs> i have a bunch of artist friends on my facebook and they all talk about i just had a big long debate with my buddy kevin about uh people who tag their own paintings to like famous artists yeah to like to try to show to like show their work on somebody else's page as a way to like steal the yeah steal the advertisement the ultimate tag actually and they were like complaining about how it's you know it's annoying and how they block people and I was like well here here's a list of things that you could do you're still gonna see it happen but the public isn't gonna see it happen and he still was bitching about how no you don't get it it's so annoying I I can't stand it and it's like fuck I'm tired of hearing it just shut up you just want to have a bunch of people fucking Say, ooh, I hate that too. I, hate that. I agree with you in your hate and your your annoyance, and 
let's all be negative together. But it's so much better when you can just find something positive out of something to talk about and have people latch onto that. But I, it seems sometimes that people don't. Like, well, it's, it's kind of like people when on birthdays and shit, they'll buy you like a CD that they like. You know, like, I don't care. I'm not going to think about what it is you want yeah. for your birthday and what you would be into. Like, oh, I saw this. I thought you would be into it. It's just like, I like this and you're going to like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's just how it goes. But that's funny to me because isn't that kind of the ultimate tag anyways? Like, people doing that type shit, they're just like, here's my fucking name, you know? Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, tagging their artwork like with, no, no, I understand. You know, the Facebook style. But, yeah, pun, if the pun was intended... To it was, it, yes. Definitely. It would, uh... I, but, I don't know, maybe... I think it would be called side-busting in graffiti. Okay. So, and that is... That's frowned upon. I'm definitely an outsider, so... Yeah. So, like, if, if there's, like, a really good piece, and then you come up and do your little shitty piece next to it, just because you know the big piece is right there... And someone's going to come look at that. Like, oh, that side That shit don't fucking fly. <laughs> I'm sure not. Uh, you're going to New York in the spring, huh? Yeah, first time. I saw you. Oh, your first time going? Mm-hmm. First I thought, time in the big city. Nice. Uh, do you have uh, an itinerary of things Not that really. you do? I mean, ultimately, you do have the normal things you want to do, but, um, you know, it's just kind of going for going. Yeah. Going for the adventure. Of it I kind of want to go with you. Hey, man. Do you have a crew? Are you going with somebody? It's uh, me and my friend Victor, who plays in Demos. Uh-huh. He's just like that. He's just a... I've learned a lot from that guy. He's well, just, dude, I've never been either, and I have... I was supposed to go to Philly in November, and I wasn't able to go. Oh, you didn't? Well, because yeah, I, we had a, um, a death in the family, so I ended up staying home to take care of business, and um, I got a bereavement ticket, or whatever it's called, so right. I have a ticket to go anywhere. I don't have to go to Philly. Yeah. You know, so I can go to anywhere. I was like, fuck. I love it. And I had even considered when I was going to fly to Philly, I was like, fuck, I might fly into New York City, rock for 24 hours, and then jump on the train for 20 bucks or 30 bucks and take the train to Philly in a couple hours. But, um, but yeah, I have a a thing and I've never been to New York City. So like, I've been thinking about uh, that I've wanted to go out there, but it'd be better to have like a A crew. crew. But that's the whole thing. I mean, especially with traveling, you know, some people, you know, they don't mind it. They'll go roll on the solo tip, like the, the ultimate soul-searching adventure. Yeah. But um, it always helps to have somebody encouraging yeah, you. Yeah, especially in such a big, gnarly city. Well, you know, any kind of big trip like that is, like, that's what my friend Vic is totally good for. He's just always that guy. Yeah. Let's go here. He'll just shoot me emails. Oh, I got a good deal on this. That's how I ended up going to Florida or to Miami uh-huh. back in August. It's just... You know, just up just, and ran. Hey, let's say, fucking do it. Because it, with me, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I know that I probably never get around to doing it. You know, as as we're getting older, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, well, fuck, why not? For me, dude, I always do um, workations. Workations. So like, I I only go to places where I have an art show. You know. Hey, work. So yeah, it's all it's great for me. You know, I get an opportunity to see places. Sometimes my trips are paid for. You know, to a That's certain extent, part. and I go there to work. But that that therein lies part of the problem. I'm spending a good portion of my time in these new places doing the work that I need to do, and then kind of being tired after the work and not wanting to go out and do like all the exciting things. You know, because it, the the artwork takes a lot out of you. Doing big sure. installs and things, it's like physically and mentally draining, and so you don't get a lot of time. To it's do not an easy it. process. No, you got to really put your your effort into it so I don't always I don't 
I don't always have the extra effort to put into, you know, really examining a place. But so you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, it takes. Saying. I have to go to a, a place a couple times. But if I don't have a show to do, then I might have a better It'll walk around. See the site. Yeah, you know. So if you don't mind another, uh, not at all. Team not member, all. I, you're you're if going you're down. Of course, I'm gonna roll with crew. Yeah. Okay. Then this on. Then I'm gonna um, I'm gonna look at and see what uh, what tickets I can get. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome. You got some tattoos. You got a yeah a full sleeve on your right arm. Yes, I and do. You're working on the left sleeve. True. Uh, I've definitely been dying to get my get the left arm finished. Yeah. I have. I got an idea, and it's just a matter. Of, that's the thing, you know, with me with money too, because it's like. When I booked that New York trip, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to get my arm finished anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, there yeah. with that money. Priorities. But yeah, um, it's so addicting, and it's just. Who did your Who did your right arm? Uh, it's a collaboration. Um, it wasn't like they worked together on it, but it, my first piece. This is great radio talk too. Tattoos. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, you don't really have. You don't have to. Maybe we can put a picture on the page. Anyhow. Um, what are some of the tattoo artists? Why don't you just because I've had a few tattoo artists. Yeah, it was all um, Fit Buchanan did my first piece at Avalon too. Yeah, we we actually talked about him. I had um, Aaron Delavadova on the show, who okay. owns Guru, and he yeah. worked it with those guys at the PB Avalon. The Avalon, yeah, like back in the day. Of course, because he's he's an OG on the San Diego it scene. Was when I told I was jamming with uh, my brother-in-law. When I told him, he's like, wow, you know, he usually has a pretty long waiting list to get in with FIP, so I was pretty stoked on that. It was a total, just by chance, I was just online researching artists, and sometimes yeah. artists just jump out at you, and I'm like, yeah. this guy looks really good, I'm just going to call and make an appointment. That's yeah. exactly what I did, you know, I wasn't like the type of guy that just want to walk in, I need this now, Yeah, I want you to do it tonight, you know, I was just like, oh, that's cool, I waited a few months, and yeah. You know, and it was great. It was such a great first tattoo experience and just walked in and got exactly what I wanted because I just had this idea about it and he made it come to life. Yeah. And, and that's nice when that works because there's a lot of douchebags out there too. Oh, yeah, of course. And They're I, bad artists. Horrible artists. Yeah. And I see the, their work all the time and it's, it makes me sad. But no, <laughs> it's true though. Because but it's strange though. People still love their tattoos even if they're bad. Well, that's because it's, I mean, who doesn't love their own tattoos? It's a part of them. That's yeah. their experience. So right. who cares if we don't like it? Fuck us. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But um, the, the thing I like the most, and then uh, Terry Rivera did the rest of my arm. And what I like about Avalon 2 as a shop and them as tattoo artists is that they're artists as well as just tattoo artists. Like, I see their paintings all over the place and their drawings online. And that, to me was what was the coolest part because it's like wow a lot of people don't know that they can actually get real art you know yeah tattooed on them instead of what you know a lot of people settle for so that to me is the best but it's the funnest part you know, when you're in the middle of this huge project and it's going through its stages you just get so excited like, it's <laughs> like when it's finally done it's kind of like i'm sure how it feels when you're done with one of your paintings you just kind of sit there and you can't stop looking at it yeah totally and, which is great because it's going to be there forever. So yeah, and there's something really strange about the tattoo process, and I talked about this before, like mm -hmm. the sort of connections that happen between a tattoo artist and the, the people getting tattooed. Yeah, it was weird too because when when I was ready, to, I was like, do the rest of the arm. You know, I had this tattoo on my arm, like it looked odd, just kind of there, didn't have a, little, a lot of surrounding, and uh, I 
just go for it, you know, do the whole thing. And so Phipps, of course, the waiting list was much, 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 much longer this time when I tried. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll find somebody else. And then once again, just hit the internet, started looking at artists, and I came across Terry Rivera's page, just his actually own personal page. So I had no idea where he worked. And it turns out he works, and it in, works the in the same shop. That's like, hilarious. And I'm like, hmm, is this going to be a problem? You know, I mean, yeah, sure to yeah. ask. I'm like, well, look, you know, I did a piece with with Viv, and it was cool when we're done. It wasn't like an agreed upon, like, we're going to do the whole thing. Yeah. He did his job, and it was awesome, but he's very talented and kind of busy. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to get this sometime this year. Can we do this? And he's like, no problem. You know, yeah, no. I don't think there, it seems like, like people would get worried about that sort of thing. But I don't think tattooers care that much. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't think they get as butt hurt as we would think. That they I don't want to cause shop drama. You yeah, know? totally. I don't want it to turn into L.A. Inc. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't think any tattoo shop is like L.A. Inc. I should hope in know. real life. I know that fucking shit is so retarded. But there you go again. See, now you're that guy complaining about ah, everybody. And you're gonna start a web page about it, and everyone's like, Darn click it. like, and they're like, mm-hmm. so hypocritical. Don't get me started on that shit. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's just it's a television show, you know. It's not it's not even really a tattoo shop Man, until when it's not on TV. It's other people's lives. Yeah. All they needed was Snooky. They, they would yeah, perfect. fuck. Because they do what the fuck they want to do. You got a, a Frankenstein on that. Yeah, Frankenstein one, is huh? the start of my other my left arm, and that was the the beauty part of working with Terry is because it was like part two. No, because bar one was was huge. And we made it through that, and I still liked him, yeah, obviously. And just working with him was a pleasure. And um, so I'm just like, yeah, left arm, it's all yours. I'll talk to you. Are you gonna have him do the rest of the sleeve too? Hopefully, if I can. I know he he's busy a lot. I've been seeing him in a lot of different magazines, and I know he's been working. He had been doing a stint, I believe, in New York, but I think he's only doing L.A. and San Diego now. Yeah, you have a thing for old monster movies, of course. With Terry's work, it was perfect because I could just give him an idea and I know his style of art and what he does. And I'm like, wow, what would that look like through Terry's eyes? Yeah. How would he put that together? He just plant the seed. Yeah, because he does this amazing human form. You know, he draws these beautiful women. And I'm like, well, I want to get something I'm going to incorporate. You know, a woman in my arm, and then obviously old movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, of course, is huge for me. At yeah. least monster movies are my favorite, and so, I don't know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster is just so amazing to me, the whole story, and it's just yeah. like, who doesn't feel that way? Yeah. Right. You know, like a monster. Sometimes. Yeah, it has so many sort of metaphorical... Yeah, you meaning. know, this human quality to this monster. And it sort of is like the, you know, he's like the, like epitome or like the like the first thought when you think of like monster monsters or yeah like you have those four like man the werewolf <laughs> yeah of course yeah if you walk in my front room you haven't been there lately but now there's like all the walls are all i know i was trying to sell you that fr- uh bride of frankenstein and frankenstein paintings that i had for a while i think somebody else bought them i hope they did you know if i made that kind of money of course i would you know i'll support someday i swear yeah i know uh I just uh, I just saw this article speaking of music on online about um, the girl who was on the Siamese Dream album cover for the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. is now the bass player. 
Hey, I'm, I'm the bass player. But, uh, and I don't know if it's like a weird fucking publicity stunt or something weird, but they said that, Billy Corgan said that she didn't, uh, that, they, that she didn't say anything beforehand to them. She was already in the band. Oh, yeah, by the way. And it was like, oh, hey, did you know that I'm on that album cover as a little kid? That's fucking weird, right? You, you probably bring it up in the audition first. Or somewhere yeah, well, in your she thought that it, it would get her, Tinder. It would Tinder, yeah, her it would make it bad for some reason. So they're trying to say, like, the kid on the front of Nevermind is not going to be the singer in Nirvana? You know? Well, speaking of that kid, look, at I have him on my notes. Yes. He, uh, that kid works for Shepard Fairey now. He does? Yeah. It was like, where are they now? Special? Yeah, it's yeah. Great. He's like one of his little studio assistants or something. That's all right. Yeah, the same job that I have, the fucking... Nirvana cover kid is all grown up and working for Obey Giant. That's cool. That's, what That's cool that he's doing something, you know, really uh, positive and not like showing up on E! True Hollywood Story. I know, that's fucking... You know, following his dad's book. Or not his dad's book. Just their whole Nirvana <laughs> thing. You're like, oh, fucked up. The thing well, that's we gotta wait. We gotta wait and see what happens to fucking um, the little... Cobain girl. Uh, I think, didn't Cobain? she? Didn't she make an album or something? I think she's a musician. Oh well, why wouldn't she? I don't you know. know. The only time that's unfortunate because the only time you do hear about her is when she's beefing with her mom. You know, Courtney Love, Gosh. and it's just like imagine so sad. having just, her as a mother. No, I bet that's negative. We're not. It is not negative. trying to. Run so that I can't say for sure, but the right. press that they receive is really negative, and that's you know unfortunate. That's the only time you hear about that. It's coming from such a sad situation that. All you need is more drama in your life. You know, I can't, I can't you just live. You just go on and live your life. But unfortunately, that's not, not the way Hollywood works. No, and then, and not only that, but come, like being in such a dysfunctional sort of situation, you know? Yeah, like, of course. Of course, you're just going to fall right into those same fucking routines. But who knows, maybe she'll, maybe she'll uh, rise above. Turn it around, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, it takes fucking having a shitty childhood to, like, have something good happen later. Well, that's like there's no happy artist, you know. Yeah. But obviously, music and and art of that nature comes from pain, and that's to me was was actively writing lyrics a lot more than I am nowadays. To me, that was why I did it in the sense that I could write about things that I've been through and experiences, and just kind of like filter it out. You know, it's a great outlet. Especially with that style of music, because heavy, you know, thrash metal is, to me, it was so much fun, you know, it's so aggressive, and that was the thing, the people, when I would run into people that I knew from high school, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe you're so angry, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Well, that was like, we're all angry, and, <clears throat> you know, the dead's music is actually quite dark, and if you listen to Yeah, lyrics, a lot of people so, don't, I, I yeah. bring that up quite a bit. Yeah, this is really dark shit, and, but, that's what music is, and that's what was so cool about it with me, and. The sense that ultimately that's what I wanted to do. You know, I really wanted to put out an album with the pro the project that I was working with last, and um, you know, I didn't want to make a bunch of money. I knew I was going to make shit off of it, and I wasn't going to be on MTV. But it would have been rad if somebody comes up and just like, you know what? I, I relate to that song. You know, yeah, I really dig that, and it helps me get my aggressions out and know that other people feel the same way. And it's weird because that's what I've always loved about. You know, that as we were talking about early, earlier, the late 80s, early 90s, hip-hop, West Coast music, and just the realism that ultimately people hated on it for. Yeah. You know, the, you know it's so it's too real, it's too raw, but it's just like, that's what it's supposed to be about. Right. You know, and so ultimately what happened 
with the last project I was working on is just that they started wanting to feed me lyrics and the creation process the creating process wasn't going as quickly as, as they had hoped. Yeah. Even though they were we were still working on our next album and music, just trying to hammer out the actual song, they were like, Why aren't you spitting rhymes, freestyling, creating? And I'm like, I really that's not how I work, you know? You yeah. give me the just give me the dub and I take it home and I listen to it and I got an idea and I work through it and I find out some little melodies and hooks and shit and make create something out of it and I get in the lab and shit. Yeah, that's your process. Yeah, right? yeah that's my process. How I work and I didn't want to be the dick and I lead singer guy and be like, well, if you guys are just writing these, I'm not gonna show up. You know, I'd show up at the forty and be chilling and listening to it and just kind of letting them do their thing and they started coming at me all weird and like. Why aren't you contributing? And I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm just chilling. And I'm like, just doing the thing. Like, go do your thing. Yeah. You know, create. And it's something weird, like having to. For me, as an artist, as a painter, I get to do all the shit by myself. I make all the decisions for the yeah. most part. Exactly. But I've always wanted to do like an art band sort of idea, <laughs> where there's like a group of like five people, or like a like you a know, mega artist collective. Show. Yeah, collective. You know. Which is what it's called, but like have would you like show up? have it be as one thing, like how music is presented as one thing that five people or whatever can make as as a as an actual thing, you know, not right. five separate sounds. So you're gonna bring like just a huge blank mural of the House of Blues and just set up on the stage and just have everyone paint one thing. Well, it does, it wouldn't have to necessarily be a live performance. It would be fucking great. Come on, it, it would probably be kind of boring to be honest with you. Well, I think the people that really appreciate it would. Yeah, it'd be like a fucking three day thing. Watching this fucking like slow Coachella, thing. you know? Why? Well, yeah, you come back that. and show up. It's Mike's set. Mike's about to contribute. <laughs> yeah, to it. you need that shit on time lapse. Yeah. yeah, man, when you were doing that thing with you mixing the red. So are you? With that, you? I I guess it sounds like you're not doing as much writing and music making. I know you posted something on Crystal's thing yeah. about. Um, uh, coming home and getting some guitar playing done. Yeah, it's uh, like I was just talking about with that whole creative process and when they started feeding me lyrics and, you know, the drummer's like, here, you know, here's a song that, you know, I wrote the lyrics to and it's about this guy who found out he has this terminal illness and he's dying and the only thing that makes him feel alive again is to go around and murder people. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like a great episode of CSI, but <laughs> it's not anything I want to fucking sing about. Are you kidding me? They're just yeah. like, well, and they you know, looked at me odd. And I was like, no, seriously, like we can dick around and play, but I don't think I'd ever stand behind something like that. Because to me, personally, as an artist, that was against everything that I had been working towards that whole time, is that I wanted to make a name for myself in the sense that when people said, were referring to me as a songwriter, as a lyricist, and, you know, he speaks from the heart, he tells of, of things he's been through where, you know, that would have been all completely out the window. Yeah, it would just been make-believe, right? Yeah, then I'm like on a fucking make-believe metal and, band. And, and from, another, from, another, from another standpoint, um, which makes sense in the tattoo world, a lot of people come to me and they're like, hey, draw me this drawing so I can go get a tattoo. And I always tell people, it's like, no, that's not going to work because... My line work is different from another tattooer's yeah. line work. Just exactly. the quality of line is is there's a, a thumbprint to it cool. that like it can be emulated, but there's going to be different waivers and a different style that's going to be noticeable. Yeah. And that if you want to have a good tattoo, you need the tattoo artist to draw it. Just in the same way that typically a songwriter 
should be writing the song. Yeah. But I, that's I not to say that there isn't like something where it's yeah. like you have to. I'm gonna have but, to disagree with you on that one just because music in itself, like Elvis never wrote any of his songs and people love the guy to this day. And it's but I like, mean if you want to tell your story. Yeah, true. Yeah. As from an artist's point of view. Yeah, yeah totally. And, that's, and I'm not saying it in like some like uh, holier than now, like you need to write all your own songs yeah. and you can't no, do exactly. covers and because there's no. a million covers that no, have been shit. done that are, are seem brand new. There's oh, well, the same song in there. Yeah. So it, I know that there's a, a different correlation, but if you want to have like a, a real meaningful, like personal song that comes from, that you want to really get to know somebody, or even from a performance aspect, I think from yeah, like the performance of a tattoo to the performance of a song, like the actual application of it, mm -hmm. there's a realness in drawing your own drawing, as I would assume that there's more of a realness singing your own song that's all as thing. opposed to some other person's song because obviously when you're working with a, a group of individuals you're not always going to get your way and you're not going to you'll be you know forced to do things that normally you wouldn't want to obviously because like you say cover songs i remember this is cover song that we always did that i hated <laughs> and i always performed poorly on it not like i fucking douche the show yeah. on purpose but it's just like Anytime I really tried to give it my all, it just really wasn't there. And it showed, you know, and it's just, if you don't love it and what you're doing, it's going to come across, you know, and people will notice that. And uh, it was just that butting of heads just kind of came to one day and we just really had it out about it. And we had this gnarly disagreement and all this, you know, back and That's forth. And it was like a total movie, band, band movie moment, you know, the yelling and the bring it up and the thing you know it was quite traumatic <laughs> yeah and i i definitely am sure i did a few or didn't said a few things i wasn't very proud of but it went down the way it went down two days later i got a call from this cat that um who played it used to play in another band i'd always bring him on stage and jam you know different cover songs and then it shows if he was there you know i was really i loved his voice i still do he's just a really good voice yeah and he has a lot of dynamics. He has the San Diego metal scene dynamics that everybody wants because you're like, I'm going to scream the, you know, the verses and have this really hooky, chorusy, melodic chorus. Yeah. And so um, he calls me like two days later. He's like, yeah, so they called me and asked me if I wanted to audition for their band and I thought maybe I should run it by you first. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, sure. wow. That's nice. Two yeah, days later, so. that sucks to hear shit that way. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Uh, as long as you don't use any of my lyrics or song titles or ideas, you, know, you do whatever you want to. Obviously, if you want to be in a band with individuals who work like that, then hey, go right ahead. Yeah. Did he? Oh yeah. yeah. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally did. Um, yeah, they're still playing to this day. They're doing uh, pretty good actually, and. Like I said, because he does, he's much different vocalist than I am, and he definitely fits the scene of San Diego metal, and as well as what the the guitar player, he was like he was a musical director guy, you know he he wrote a lot, the majority of the shit, and that's what he always wanted. He loves the hook, he loves that you know hearing on the radio. He always wants the hit, but hey, that's how it goes down. Yeah, right. Say. Yeah. It probably is supposed to work out that way. Right? It's funny because I see him. I see them from time to time because obviously I still go and support my brother at his shows. Yeah. And they're all, it's the odd thing because they're all still like friends, you know. Yeah. It's um, incestuous scene. Oh, completely. Yeah. Very tumultuous in the sense. And um, 
but I'm not going to ask anybody to get involved with my beefs. You know, if I, right. if I feel a certain way, then that's just the way it is. You know, and I'm not going to ask like, well, if you're not, are you down with me? Yeah, you, then you're yeah. going to be down with them? Oh, well, fuck that then. You yeah, know, so. It's better not to hold those animosities or resentments. It's like, because well, it's, it's only going to hurt you. Yeah, well, that, holding is one thing, but inf- inflicting on others. Is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it. It's sad. Yeah. Misery loves company. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. no, that's cool. Well, yeah. since since then, are you, are you, do you find that, like, you're missing something? Yeah. Not necessarily in the performance, but just in the creative process? Uh, yes and no. Because when it went down, like, I hit the ground running, and I was on Craigslist, like, every week with my cut-and-paste ad of exactly what I was looking for, and I thought for sure four or five or six people would hit it up and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is the type of shit that I'm into because I wanted to take the me- the type of metal that I was currently playing and then infuse it with other things that influenced me more in a different vein, you know, like Black Flag. You know, because I love Rollins and Black Flag in general, and I always I, I love punk rock music. And you the just Ramones. turned fifty. Yeah, and I was just like I love that. You know, the Ramones are one of my favorite bands, and I always want to kind of infuse the the metal and the punk, and just kind of lighten it up a little bit, make it a little bit more fun. And ultimately, I got like zero responses. I heard from some people, and it was like a backyard cowboy band from from Santee who yeah. played like horrible metal. I was like, no, that's cool, and um, it just never really transpired, and it's just kind of like I moved away from it. I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to focus my energy elsewhere, and I just actually started playing a lot more basketball. <laughs> it's weird. I know. That's how we hung out. We went up to the court up here oh, yeah, and shot yeah, some hoops. Yeah, if I'm in Crest and I drive by and there's no one there, I'm definitely going to just... Because I love doing that. I always have a basketball in the car, so I'm yeah. driving somewhere like, oh, hoops. I'm going to go over there and just shoot at least a couple of it. Yeah. From right down the street from your house, of course, I'm going to call you. Like, hey, come up, shoot some hoops. Do you, do you find you get some of the same sort of stress reliefs from yeah. playing guitar as you do shooting hoops? Yeah, it's that physical release, you know, because I think everybody needs it. It's unfortunate. Like, nowadays in society, everybody has a drug that they take for different feelings. and. Uh-huh to alleviate certain pains and they'll poison themselves to the point of no belief, but they won't go out and right, go running. <laughs> you know, yeah. they won't, they're like sitting around the house all day and like, why am I so depressed? I just, well, it's funny I you said about the, the aggressiveness that you were able to release yeah. in performing yeah. <clears throat> allows you to be a more happier person, uh, which I'm, I'm getting, as soon as I get some money put together, I'm going to start doing jujitsu oh, yeah. over in Mira Mesa. I'll look at him. They have the uh, Nogueras gym is over there. Like all the like oh like hardcore Brazilian dudes. Oh shit! And, uh, and I don't know if they really even train over there. It probably just has a dude's name on it. He shows up like <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, it's great. Come out of here. Take a picture. Here's some Portuguese. I'm out. Okay. But uh, it's a, one of those things too that all the guys that I've talked to who who practice it are like. I never get frustrated out at, like, the club. Like, I never feel like I'm going to, like, fuck somebody up, like, if they look yeah, cross-eyed at me. Because it's like... at me? Because oh, I've already got all those aggressions out, and I know that I could just put that fool to sleep. So it's like, I, I have no real reason. Like, no, yeah. like the ego goes away. It's like that, like... Mm. And, like, stressful part of the ego where you, like, you have to be this, like, big man or whatever. Yeah. Or, like Tough guy. Or it's just aggressions that you have... From being in an office eight hours a day under oh. fake light and not getting any sun. It's it's life stresses and shit. And actually, that's funny. It's, it's like that's 
what I always loved about the music and the creating process and the playing and just the whole general idea to me it was just like it's a way of enduring the just filtering the shit you endure every day in life and some people let it fester and some people have these awesome creative outlets you know such as you with your art and soon your jujitsu you know? <laughs> and it was crazy I run too well, yeah, of course. That's huge. Yeah. And it's just, that's, to me, the best part of playing basketball because my skills, they're, yeah, whatever. But, you know, I call it running basketball because that's really what you can't, I, can, I know I can run up and down this court all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just running the shit back and forth. And never lag on the, getting back on D, you know, so. Yeah. I might get some shots in there elsewhere. But, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the way you filter out the shit. And it's funny because when we were working, when I was doing the music thing in the, with the metal band is just that it's what I always refer to it as whenever I talk to people about it and when we were designing the cover of the album you know I saw the guy we were working with come up with all these different weird concepts and I'm like no we didn't like any of them and I was working directly with him and he came to me with this like this picture of the ocean and there's a kind of a, like a silhouette off in the distance you know it looked more like a romantic card <laughs> than the cover of a metal band but it just sparked an idea in my mind and I, I always used to have this nightmare as a kid recurring we're being in this large large body of water at night you know just kind of drifting away at sea uh -huh. you know, i don't know what that means but it stuck with me and i'm like wow you know what if we really just focused on this guy who was like in the ocean and he's kind of getting pulled down and there's like there could be figures in you know in the ocean you know below him kind of pulling at his feet and yeah. just like really this just just a distressed individual and then you can kind of your artistic you know whatever and with the sunset in the background it looked great you know and uh, ultimately we didn't use it it looked <laughs> great and ultimately we didn't use it yeah. for the recording that we had because it was just deemed too shitty like we just literally recorded it in a house you know and it just didn't sound very well and very good so we just you know what burned it and released it whatever as is and uh, they actually just put out a CD like a month ago and they used the cover and it's, oh, yeah, and I'm like, well, fuck, I mean, I didn't paint it, but I mean, it was basically derived of my idea. Yeah, you of, should get some concept uh, Yeah, credit. it's just like, hmm, am I written in there, credit? You know, it's funny, you know, I could, it was, it was funny to see yeah. it. I'm like, oh, that looks really, so. Do you have anything you want to plug? Usually at this point we do some plugs, I'm going to, I'm going to plug the new sponsors. Oh yeah, definitely sponsor time. But, um. Do you want to, um, you got a Twitter or Facebook or anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I do. I don't really want to plug myself, but obviously since we did kind of touch on a few different artists and bands throughout this little uh -huh. podcast thing, I definitely want to plug them. So we'll start with my brother's band, uh, Damos, which is D-A-E-M-O-S, B.com, or they're on Facebook and MySpace and all that. Jarble and the, uh, actually the individual who got me Created, you know, started with Rock Pros, the magazine, with my good friend uh, Terry B of a band called My Ruin out of Los Angeles. And they're on Facebook and MySpace and all that, and, you know, MyRuin.com, of course. I'm pretty sure they still got that. But uh, they're about to release a really great new album and do a UK tour. And I'm jealous. I would love to go to the UK. We're talking about going to New York and yeah. just going to the fucking UK and shit. And, and which they do quite often, and I love the stories. They're always really great. Why don't great. you get a roadie gig going? Oh, you know, right? If, if I had a passport, I'd probably... I'd I figure out how to take pictures. Yeah, exactly. 
which I actually I have worked with them before, and I did the roadie gig in the U.S. Nice. And that was yeah, we were talking about your workations. Yeah, and man. it's like that was the only other time I had been back east is with them in a van, and I was getting paid to do it. So it was yeah. awesome. I was getting paid to to see these great places, and I had to pay to go there. So that kind of sucks. But and me uh, and Crystal got to go to the U.K. with. Um, Nine Inch Nails for we did a big mural project out there for fucking rad for the um, Year Zero project that Trent Reznor did. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's fucking rad. It cool. was out in the UK. Up. But again, we spent mo- we spent three days painting. Did you get studio. to see any of the show? Then? Yeah, we got to see him in Preston. That to me is was the ultimate payoff. Yeah, like backstage. Well, sort of like the VIP area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's and okay, and then uh, yeah, the last one would be the tattoo artist. So it would be TerryRivera.com. That's with one B, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and I do a blog yeah. for every episode okay. for each guest, and I put all that stuff in there. I'll go back. So definitely, yeah, put yeah, all that stuff that's... in there. Um, and then I am happy to announce, even though I've already announced it at the beginning of this show that will happen in pre-production. <laughs> um, but the show, the Live Free Podcast, has got its first. Official sponsors. The first, our big sponsor is the Pearl Hotel. I want to thank them very much uh, for everything. They uh, they sponsored this show and have basically afforded this new mic, which is, is fantastic. And also, we have a product sponsor, the DSD Clothing Company, which is um, Adam Honky Kong Hawthorne's uh, clothing line, which is a, a new season is coming out, and I have a shirt for you oh, sure. as a guest. You sure. get the yeah, uh, you, uh, you get a, a parting gift, uh, courtesy of DSD, and we'll get all the blogs for them for the Pearl Hotel and for uh, DSD on the blog, and you, you get all the links and information for them over there. But a uh, big shout out to those guys. Uh, uh, big thanks for supporting the show and everybody else out there doing the same and thank you very much for doing the show my friend very appreciate cool. it thank you for having me Send my breath.